Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I don't often talk about other YouTubers on this channel, but occasionally I do. Ed Bowling and VinWiki, love the guy. Sam Crack, love him too. Uh, and the lockpicking lawyer, I think I've mentioned once or twice because I've talked about lockpicks or pick locks as they're often called at law. And the lockpicking lawyer is pure genius. The guy's a lawyer and he knows how to pick locks. He understands locks better than probably any locksmith alive. And his videos, if you don't know, are basically just of his hands as he picks locks. <laughs> if I'd known I could make videos of just my hands, I could have saved all that trouble with people complaining about my haircut. Uh, <laughs> so I love the guy. I absolutely love his videos. And I got an email from a gentleman, asked me a question, and, and he says, I don't know if you're familiar with the lockpicking lawyer, but he's made me look at locks differently. And, and you will, by the way. You watch him pick a few locks and realize how quickly somebody can get through a, a really good lock without the key. You realize, oh... <laughs> locks are almost a scam but they do provide a service it's just he's pointing out that it might not be quite what you think but the gentleman here his name is Derek says my question is simple I hope if I buy a lock that is advertised as high security but in reality it is defeated by a commonly known flaw can the lock maker be liable for your belongings that you believed were secured by the lock this scenario is with the idea that you knew nothing about locks and believed the advertising. And he wrote, for reference to the flaw, search the YouTube lockpicking lawyer channel uh, and check out the various picks he used and watch how quickly he gets into locks and gets them to open. So Derek sent me the note. And um, I'm going to let you know right now, uh, I've never corresponded with the lockpicking lawyer, I don't think. Uh, but um, I love his videos and he's got more than 4 million subscribers, so he's doing something right. But it raises an interesting question because the lockpicking lawyer spends the bulk of his time in the videos I've seen picking locks. And there is a certain irony to that. But the question is, what about the legal side of that? Okay, so you, you, you buy a lock and you use it to secure something. And you discover later that somebody stole your stuff because the lock was such a joke. Okay, and I can tell you right now, I've got a master number five on a building I own. And uh, I happen to know that a master number five is extremely easy to pick. <laughs> so getting back to the legal aspect of you purchased a lock, the lock maker made statements about the lock. What are the legal ramifications if the lock is easy to defeat? And there I phrased it a little better for legal purposes. What I think we'd best be talking about here is warranties. Warranties. And we're always talking about the two elements that I say that go into whether you can recover at law. Is there liability and are there damages? And is the liability attributable to who you're suing? And are the damages recoverable and attributable to who you're suing? So the very first thing you'd be looking at would be in the UCC, it would be Section 2, dash 314, which is the implied warranty of merchantability. And I've mentioned before, if you buy a product from a merchant with respect to goods of the kind, so you go to a hardware store or you go to Home Depot, you go someplace that sells locks. They got a lock section, okay? Uh, Meyer, Walmart, uh, they, they got a whole section of locks there. So you're, you go in and you buy a lock. 
whether or not the packaging says anything on it, you can assume that the lock will do what a lock is expected to do. That's the issue. What is expected of the lock? So let's suppose that my master number five, which is locking the building I'm talking about. It's not a big building, by the way. <laughs> it's a small, it's a shed, but it's, it's, it's a building nonetheless. My master number five is locking that building. Somebody comes by one day with a set of bolt cutters that have got arms this long on them. And they walk up and go clink and snap the shackle off that number five. It goes sailing away. Person opens up the door, looks inside and realizes they can steal my garden hose. (laughs) But, but they did defeat that lock. Is that a violation of the implied warning merchantability? Do you assume that the lock is, in essence, bulletproof? And excuse the pun, because master locks for years actually showed their locks being shot in commercials to show how, how, how they would withstand that. But I think most people say, well, obviously, there's going to be ways you can defeat it using heavy equipment and big tools. So I doubt the fact that you can chop it with a monster pair of industrial bolt cutters is going to violate that. What about the fact that anybody can walk up with a tension wrench and a rake, nicknames for lock picking tools, and very quickly put the tension on, rake the teeth, and pop the lock open? Is that a violation of the implied warranty merchantability? Well, remembering that the implied warranty merchantability is that a product will do what you expect it to without the words being exchanged. A lawnmower will mow your lawn. A refrigerator will keep your food cold. A, a blender will chop up food. A lock will lock this door shut. And the door was locked shut prior to it being clomped or picked. And can they really make a lock that's unpickable for the price that you're willing to pay. And so I don't think a court's going to say that a person who buys a master lock for 10 or 15 bucks can expect it to be impregnable. No one can ever get through this without the key. You lose the key, you can't even get in. <laughs> so I doubt that it's a violation or a breach of the implied warranty of merchantability. I highly doubt that. So then the question is, would it be a violation? Sorry about the bad edits. Um, I was out walking in the cold this morning and having issues there. But um, I'm okay. I'll survive. We talked about the implied warning merchantability. The better question would be the express warranties. The express warranties. And he, Derek, the emailer, says, Steve, what if they advertise it as high security? High security. So let's assume that Acme maker of the rocket sled, also makes a high-security lock. It's advertised as high-security. It's not just the name. It actually says, this is the Acme A1 lock. It is a high-security lock. And you buy that lock, and you put it on your shed or whatever you put it on. You come out the next day, and the lock's been chopped, and whatever you had locked up is gone. Is that a breach of warranty? Was that lock high security. And here's where it falls apart. What does high security mean? Because when we talk about express warranties, I've mentioned this before, they don't have to be in writing, but from a manufacturer like this, they would be. However, an express warranty is an affirmation of fact or a promise made by the seller, which relates to the goods and becomes part of the basis of the bargain. 
So you're buying a lock because you want a high security lock. Well, is that an affirmation of fact? How do you measure security? How do you measure high security, medium security, low security? How, how do you measure those things? Are they measurable? And case law in most states says that an affirmation of fact must be objectively measurable. And I've mentioned before what grade a widget is, right? This is a grade A widget. And assume that there's actually a grading scale everyone understands like there is with diamonds, right? So I sell you a widget, it turns out it's grade C, it's worthless. But the grade A widget's valuable. And I ripped you off and sold you a grade C as if it was a grade A. That would be a breach of warranty, assuming that those grades are measurable. What does high security mean? Is that even an objective statement? And the answer is probably not. So if somebody sells you a lock and says it's high security, and it turns out that it's very easily defeatable, especially by anybody with the right tools or knowledge, then that probably would not be a breach of an express warranty. A better question might exist if the lock seller advertised and said, this lock is unpickable. In other words, you can open it with a key, but you cannot pick it without the key. If they said that, and you could prove that the lock was in fact picked without the key, then you'd have a breach of warranty. That's the thing. I also remember, and by the way, remember there's two parts, affirmation of fact or promise made by the seller. Promises made by the seller are often described as the glove box warranties that come with a car. Three years, 36,000 miles, anything goes wrong with a drivetrain, we'll fix it at no cost to you, parts and service on us. Automobile manufacturers do that all day long. That is a promise made by the seller. Of course, the manufacturer sells to the dealer, dealer sells to you, but they pass the warranty along. Let's not get into that. However, promise made by the seller. I remember back in the day, companies that made bike locks, and they would advertise and say, if you buy our bike lock, our bike lock is high security and is so difficult to defeat that if you use our bike lock and someone steals your bike and you used our lock correctly, we'll pay for your bike. And I remember seeing ads that said that. That's a promise made by the seller which relates to the goods and becomes part of the basis of the bargain if that's why you bought the lock. And many people bought those locks. And the whole point behind those locks was is that it was a big shackle made out of some kind of tempered, hardened, space-age metal that fell from the sky. Okay, and, and so no one could hacksaw through it, and they believed that their lock was so good that nobody's going to be able to get to that and actually work it. And by the way, somebody obviously could. A lock-picking lawyer could probably get through it in 30 seconds or less. But the point is that you'd have to do that, like say in broad daylight on the streets of a city and be over the picking a lock and people are walking by. So they were banking on the fact that you couldn't hacksaw it. It required special knowledge. And even then you had to do something where you're likely going to get caught. So if they wound up buying bikes for a few people, it would make up for all the locks they'd sell with that promise. So if you bought a lock, and it came with a specific promise, such as if your bike gets stolen, we'll pay you for it. Or they make a promise about this lock is unpickable and cannot be opened without the key. And then it gets opened without the key. Then you'd have a claim for breach of warranty, which makes complete sense. But remember, 
that for a case to succeed, you got to have liability and damages. And the question is, are the damages of the sort that are recoverable and foreseeable as a loss by somebody who's making a promise about the lock? So let's suppose we get back to the bike example where somebody buys the lock, locks their bike with it, goes inside the store, comes back on, their bike is gone. Well, you had the promise that if your bike gets stolen, we'll pay for it. That's an easy one. But let's suppose that the warranty is worded a little differently, and it says, we promise and guarantee that this lock cannot be opened without the key, and, and that is a promise made by us. Someone comes by and picks the lock and gets into my shed, <laughs> doesn't just steal my garden hose, but they steal the uh, stack of gold bullion that I just happen to be sitting on waiting for the uh, monetary system to collapse. And so I, let's say I actually did have a couple hundred pounds of gold in there. And people came in and stole that because they defeated that lock. Is that something that I can go after the lockmaker for? Because they said their lock was not pickable without the key. It cannot be opened without the key. And they're going to argue and say, if, if we sold you a lock that we said is unpickable, um, what are we liable for? Well, the real question is, do they have any disclaimers in there? Because any company selling locks, making promises like that, will probably have lawyers on staff who are going to say, oh, by the way, guys, you might be liable for things that happen to people who buy these locks and someone comes by and picks them and gets in and steals something valuable. The way you cover yourself is you put in a disclaimer. And you say, oh, by the way, our liability is limited to this. And so if, if our warranty fails, well, we'll give you another lock. <laughs> A lot of good that'll do. <laughs> so you can lock the door after the horse has left the barn. But it'll probably also say, and our liability is limited to $100 or something like that. Because if they don't put that limitation in, People are going to be showing up in court saying, well, they broke into my shed, stole all my gold bullion, and I want to be reimbursed for that. And now whether a court's going to automatically just give you that because you say the lock failed, and, and even if they concede that the lock did fail, the question is, was that foreseeable that these damages would result? But the foreseeability is not actually a big issue in warranty claims. In warranty claims, it's simply what are your losses that flowed directly from the breach? The question then is, what are your losses? Can you recover them? So getting back to the original question was, what if the advertisement simply said high security? It's high security. Like I said, that's probably sales puffery. Most states have said sales puffery does not rise to the level of a warranty. It's not, a subject, it's not an objective statement. However, if they made a specific promise that could be measured, then you might have a case. But I'd be surprised if a major corporation made a promise that was enforceable without limiting their liability. And by the way, the Uniform Commercial Code, which is where we get both the implied warranty merchantability from and the express warranties from, also says they can disclaim their warranties as long as they're conspicuous. So next time you're at the store in the lock aisle, pick up a lock and read the packaging. And on the front's going to be all this stuff about this high security lock that cannot be defeated blah, 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 blah. At the bottom is going to say, by the way, these are not warranties. We're not liable for anything that happens to you. And if the lock fails, contact us and we'll replace it. That's what it's going to say. But in theory, 
in theory, if they made promises that were measurable about the lock, they could be on the hook for an express warranty. The question then simply becomes, what damages are they liable for? But if you've made it this far in the video and you've not seen the Lock Picking Lawyers website, I highly encourage you to go there uh, because it's just one of those things that YouTube was made for. <laughs> There's some guy who's a lawyer who's good at picking locks, and he realized, I bet people would like to watch this. And so you get to watch videos of this guy picking locks. And it's mind-blowing. And also, and there's a certain amount of fascination I have with it because I like watches. I like watches. But I also like little technical machines are very, very cool to me. And he'll take locks apart and show you what they look like on the inside. And there's a lot in common between locks and wristwatches and other cool machines. So it's a fascinating channel. He's a fascinating guy. But as to the question... If you bought the lock advertised as high security and it failed, probably nothing you can do on that unless there's an express warranty accompanying it. And chances are then you'll be limited to whatever they promised you'd get in exchange for the breach of that warranty. So there you go, Derek. Thanks for the email. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. How many times have you said this to yourself? Never buy a car you can't push.